Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. A few weeks ago, um, I gave a talk. Um, it was after that September 15th um, climate day at Spirit Rock. Um, no time to lose. It's called a Dharma response to climate change. And um, I was very uh, buoyed by that that day. Um, it, it was it was after putting a fair amount of work into it, but even more um, just seeing that there was a lot of interest in it, and then people coming together and coming with some apprehension and and uh despair and um you know deep concern and then by the end of the day um pretty much there was a, 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 a quite a wonderful feeling in the in the room. You were there, right? You're shaking your head. I'm not just kind of giving a line right now. Uh that's what it felt like to me anyway. And it, it was palpable. And it was just so interesting how from the beginning of that that feeling of real despair and concern, everybody seemed to be leaving in a in a very different space and very uplifted and inspired and that and I was myself of course um uh and it I was kind of on a high for for some days leading up to um the uh, big climate um, day, uh, climate strike on September 20th. This was September 15th, and uh, September 20th was that big climate strike, which you probably couldn't avoid seeing with 4 million people around the planet uh, in uh, a few couple of thousand cities um, getting out in the streets and and I gave a talk here the night before that strike, that big movement, and I could feel the excitement. So it was kind of like in the middle of this feeling of um, enthusiasm, um, encouragement, uh, a feeling of hope, um, um, a kind of um, yeah, lifting of the, the somberness uh, and I gave it talk, and uh, I was coming from that place. And um, um, I think I played, I might have played a couple of Greta's uh, short speeches there. And um, I got an email, and I don't know if the person who sent the email is here. Um, after who was here that night, and I'm so grateful that uh, they sent me the email, but it was an email of concern and um, sadness and um, and anger uh, that that person just wasn't in that place, and I 
And that particular evening, I didn't include what I have included here in other talks about my own sadness and my own concern and the facts of how scary this all is. When I did, when we had that day at Spirit Rock, I started off my piece sharing some of the facts that are quite sobering, to say the least. But I didn't that night, and I actually had it in my notes to share, but I didn't, uh, I just, uh, as I was talking, became more and more inspired by Greta Thunberg and the strike that was about to happen, and so I left that part out. Just, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to come out. I can have an idea, but it just comes out how it comes out. Uh, and I left it out, and this email from this person who I think hadn't heard some of the other talks where I talk about my sadness, um, it was really hard for her to hear. And she said that she was grieving and there was a lot of anger that she was processing and that she didn't feel um, safe enough, actually, to share that that day. And she wanted me to know that not everybody was in the space that I was in and, and it didn't really land for her. And we had an, a subsequent email exchange and I shared with her how much I appreciated that she did reach out to me. Uh, and I first, I want to say, as I'm saying that here to you, if ever I say something that you have a different take on, that you just say, that's not my experience, I would much prefer you either come up to me privately or when we have uh, time for discussion that you share um, then go away thinking this is not where I belong because I need to hear and be reminded that there are many different realities. It's something I try to communicate a lot this is what the Buddha said. We have views and opinions and attachment to views and opinions is a place that we can get caught. And I give the example many times of just that we're all walking around in our own reality that makes sense to us uh, and not realizing that everybody else is doing the same thing. Uh, the more I, we can understand um, that different people that people have different perspectives from us and that um, uh, that there's room, uh, there needs to be room for everyone's perspective as long as it's coming from, uh, from a place of goodwill um, and for us to all wake up. Uh, we need to hear that there are different perspectives. If it's coming from, even if it's coming from mean-spiritedness, it's useful at least to know that there's that. Uh, but I would 
ask if you do want to share here that it comes from at least a place of wanting for us all to understand and and help each other wake up. Um, But anyway, we had this exchange, and I was really grateful, and and I, I, um, I thanked her because it reminded me that I need in... When I do get enthusiastic, which I can get sometimes, you know, it's part of my nature. Uh, sometimes I can, I have, a, I can be a kind of intense person. Uh, luckily, I got into something that chilled me out, but uh, but I, that's part of this temperament. Sometimes <clears throat> basketball season is starting next week. <clears throat> Watch out! That's my main choice of expression these days. <clears throat> much safer. Much safer than football, to which I used to be a fanatic, but not quite the same way. But I digress. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I can be enthusiastic and um, and in my enthusiasm I can sometimes um, overlook the other side of things. Um, so, this is an open orientation first for that. But I want you to know in the middle of all of this enthusiasm, and why I wanted to talk about this tonight is not only could I respect and understand where she was coming from, but it's a place that. Um, I am very familiar with in, it goes in waves, but in recent times, in the last year or two, is another great wave of, of grieving. I had a big wave of grieving about, oh, first five or six years ago when I read uh, Bill McKibben's book, Earth. And it took me about a year while I was teaching Awakening Joy and things like that. It's not that they can't coexist, but um, I went through a a really um, um, a period of integrating all of that. And in the last year, I've gone through another period of grieving, particularly after reading, I've mentioned it here, uh, David Wallace Wells' um, article. I haven't read the whole book, but his article that spawned this book called The Uninhabitable Earth, which uh, really hit me hard. And um, I, since getting that letter, and then also going through the the, the day long and, and all and uh, and sharing with some friends realities around climate, people who I support and mentor and um, yeah explore things with. Um, it's it's been I think important for the people who I really who I'm trying to support being in the Dharma seat to have a real somewhat of a of a an understanding of the bigger picture here 
And when I've shared it with some of them, they too have been going through some a grieving process. And I wanted to, as I said in that day long, uh, in my opening talk, um, saying it's really essential, important to honor the grieving, to feel feel the depths of the pain and metabolize it, um, not bypass it, but not get stuck there, and metabolize it enough so that it gets transformed into expressing your caring in a, in a wise way. And I'm talking about this, right now I'm talking about around climate, where that's the thing that's triggered it off, but in the bigger picture, it's not just about climate, although for me, kind of, if this one isn't addressed, everything else is kind of like moot. But uh, there, as I've said here before, I love Andrew Harvey's expression, follow your heartbreak, wherever your heart is breaking. And it might not be climate, it might be, um, well, there's so many places for your heart to break. It might be um, racial uh, injustice. It might be, um, you know, the, the, the immigration. It might be um, uh, inequities in, in wealth. It might be insanity in, in, uh, in power. It might be somebody close to you who's going through some real hard times or sick. It might be loss. Somebody you care about is dying or has just died. Um, it might be your own dukkha, your own suffering. So I don't want to just restrict this to climate, although that's the one that has helped me more and more honor this process of grieving this time around. So when I when I'm talking about you find what what works what, what touches you where your heart is breaking and knowing that it's important to not bypass it. It's sometimes called the spiritual bypass. Oh, it's all empty. It's all illusion. You know, who cares? You know, whatever. You know, um, you you need to really grieve fully, and but grieve fully in time, seeing that it is a process of deepening our compassion, deepening our connection, deepening our uh, humanity and feeling that we're we're all in this together. The Buddha starts out his teaching, the first noble truth, there is suffering in life. Suffering is part of life. And he says, right off the bat, the more you understand this, the more you understand suffering and aren't afraid of it, the more you are able to open up to the whole show, not just the suffering, 
but also the beauty, also the goodness, also the joy, also the possibility, the compassion, the love, but not to be, um, you can't get there by avoiding what is an underlying uh, reality that there's suffering in life. And as Ernie was saying before, and when he was talking about his beginning class, you know, these are pretty stressful times. Anybody disagree with that? Perhaps there might be, perhaps any time that that statement was said might have been true. You know, when I look back on my own life, whether it was the 60s or the 70s with Watergate, with there have been moments where, if, you know, things have gone my way. Oh, yes, isn't it great? And then it doesn't, then it changes. Uh, but these are particularly stressful times, it seems. I don't know. <clears throat> I hope in 10 years we're not looking back and thinking, oh, <laughs> That that was less stressful than it is now. I can't imagine that, but um, who knows. But these are pretty intense times. And I so I wanted to talk a bit about when we're grieving, things to that I've been just keeping in my mind and in my heart as a way to move from that sense of implosion and what the heck is going on to um, to metabolize it, as I say, and let it turn into compassion and meaningful action. And one thing that uh, I has been so um, apparent in recent times is the importance of not holding your pain in and learning that you're not alone, that you have a lot of company. And just like in that day long where we started out separate, but through spending the time together and and with beautiful teachings, Joanna Macy's so inspiring, you know, and all, all the others were so inspiring, I found, that in the shared experience, there's something that happens when you are part of a, of a field and saying, oh, we can all help each other hold our pain, that transforms it. If you're stuck in your home and the only connection you have is hyperlinking onto the next crazy piece of news, uh, it can get really despairing and scared. But when we start connecting with each other and we actually put our caring into action, something starts to happen and it, the, the, the freezing starts to, um, to thaw and there's movement.
So that was September 15th. It was uh, at Spirit Rock. It was very, very evident. The next week, just seeing those 4 million people on the news, or if you were on the march, on one of the marches you, you, you saw in person, it's like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Uh, the following week, um, and this is, again, focusing more on climate, but um, it doesn't have to be, but the following week, in on the 27th of September, there was another climate strike that didn't get much much airplay here but perhaps you saw in New Zealand anybody see what was happening in New Zealand uh, I have some I, I've taught there a few times and I have some good friends there and so um, I uh, was people sent me pictures and articles in New Zealand 170,000 people were out in the streets. Wellington had 40,000. Auckland, I think, had 80,000 or so. And it was um, the interesting thing. My friend, one, one friend from New Zealand I got from a couple of people, uh, said that if 3.5% of the population are involved in peaceful demonstrations, there's always been a change. And 170,000 was something like 4.9%, and they were so excited. And it was like, if you were in New Zealand, you couldn't escape. Oh, this is, this is happening, and the government is taking steps to declare this you know, uh, the highest priority in New Zealand. They happen to have one of the most amazing, probably the most amazing world leader uh, right now in uh, Jacinda uh, Ardern. Um, but there was this sense of excitement that everybody had. And it was, again, this feeling of, oh, when people are coming together, there's a kind of uplift that can come from the collective despair. Mm. I'm just thinking, I, you know, I grew up in, I'm a child of the 60s, and I went through the 60s and the Vietnam War, and, you know, you, you were in a club. If you, if you flashed a peace sign, then all of a sudden... You had, you had your people, lots of them, usually with long hair and beards, um, or you know, tie-dye shirts and dresses. But there was this feeling of, oh, we're in this together. We're going through a hard time, but we're in this together. Mm. So being with people makes a huge difference. Um, what else? I have some random thoughts here. Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to... So a, a, a friend of mine who I shared, um, who's one of these people that I do mentor um, in the teaching seat, um, and we were having a conversation 
a couple of days ago, I steered her to an article that's even heavier than the Uninhabitable Earth article, if you can believe it, called Facing Extinction, written by a, a dear friend, one of my oldest Dharma friends. Her name is Catherine Ingram. I think she might have spoken here at some point many years ago. She lives in Australia now. And it's very heavy. Um, and I, uh, and my friend read that and she, and we were on a Zoom call and she was saying, wow, you know, I, how do I do this? And as we spoke, you know, I said a little at a time, a little at a time. Uh, and she sent me a link today of Bill McKibben, who wrote this wonderful book, Sobering Book Earth. Uh, she sent me a link of him uh, giving a talk a, a few years ago, which I listened. And this is one of the things that he said. Um, he was talking about how connection is the key. Um, and he said that there are there have been polls since World War II. Every year there are these polls that are uh, that are given in the U.S. Uh, are you happy? Just seeing the level of happiness in the United States, and the peak of happiness was. And each year they, they see that it was going up and up and up since, since World War II. And the peak was 1956, and then it, it declined. It's been declining steadily since. Uh, this interview, by the way, was in 2007, and at that point, uh, one quarter of Americans said that they were happy. Oh, and I, no, I just remembered that I, I actually hadn't realized that I put this in my in my book, Awakening Joy. Um, let's see. Oh, here it is. That, um, ah, here it is, yeah. So, in 1946, the United States was the happiest country among four advanced economies. Thirty years later, it was eighth among 11 advanced countries. A decade after that, it ranked 10th about among 23 nations, many of them from the wor third world. And now it's, it's lower than ever. And uh, not to say it's the lowest, but it keeps on going down. And he was saying, although in 1956 it peaked, that since that time our standard of living that is relative prosperity average, there are segments of this population that it's not so, but that this general standard of living has tripled while 
the level of happiness has gone down. And so you'd think, well, wouldn't that, the, the higher the standard of living, wouldn't that make you happier? You know, more comforts and more gadgets and stuff like that. But it's the opposite because his theory is that our level of social connection and interaction has gone steadily downward. That around that time, people then started moving out to the suburbs and were, you, you needed a car to connect, uh, with, with, with others. And there was a lack of community where had, there had been community. There was less and less community and less c- close friends and less social connection and less dependence on each other. And now, clearly, more than ever, we're more and more disconnected from each other. So part of this, I kind of feel like I'm going around in lots of different places, but what I wanted to say is that being with others is a, a key to processing our grieving And it's also important that we need to, as I've said here a few times, but I'm just going to underscore it, we need to titrate our pain and our suffering and taking in our the despair, whether it's around climate or it's around uh, loss or it's around whatever it is that's breaking your heart. You can't, it doesn't serve you to just completely wallow and be overwhelmed in it. That you need to nourish yourself as well, whether it's by being around friends or doing other things that remind you of the goodness in life and what's worth living. That's one of the reasons that I... I find teaching awakening joy is so important because otherwise we're just lost in our suffering and our sorrow and we need to remember what makes life worth living and all the blessings in our life and all the goodness in our life and seeing the 10,000 joys as well as the 10,000 sorrows. And we need to titrate how much we take in. And if we're getting overwhelmed in our grief, um, it's not serving anyone. We need to remember what's good in, in life. And also we need to, I think, be careful about how much we share and with whom. Somebody who I'm... Um, uh, I'm close with, who I'm, uh, I care a lot about, who's going through just a, a wonderful time in her life. She's a, a new mom. Her, 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 uh, her child is three months old now. And, uh, I get pictures all the time. Just the most amazing, beautiful kid. And, um, and I was sharing with her, she said, well, how are you doing? And I said, well, you know, 
um, basically my life is great and I'm going through a grieving period. And, uh, and then I really shared with her what was going on and she, it was great just sharing it with her, as I've been saying, uh, and just kind of, she, and she was really, she, she really wanted to hear. And, but afterwards I felt uplifted and she felt connected, but afterwards I was thinking, well, I want to be careful about how much I share. I don't want to send her an article on, you know, that's kind of gloom and doom. That's not where she's at in her life. And I, I wrote her and I said, you know, it was really great speaking with you. And I want to honor that that's not where you're at yet. And I'll, I think it's important for you at some point to really, uh, you know, understand the full enormity of the situation. But um, just when you're ready. And um, so this is something else to, to keep in mind, both in sharing with others our grief and also in titrating it within ourselves. But the key thing is that um, as we go through our own pain, we need each other. We need each other. And this is um, about community that I want to really explore a little bit more with you. That when we see each other and we're going beyond just the story or the superficial story, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. And how are you doing? Uh, we can't dive into everybody's life in every interaction. We wouldn't have time for that. Um, so it's not like somebody says, how are you? You give them a you know 20-minute download of what's going on in your life. But there are times when it is important to, whether it's giving a download or just being interested, just being interested, oh, who is this person here? Oh, who is it? Oh, what's going on? Actually, one of the best things about it is it gets you out of your own reality. You know, oh, I can tune into... The Ernie Show. Oh, okay. Oh, I can, you know, tune into the Linda Show. Oh, okay. What's really going on? And it's kind of a relief that you don't have to be just in your own head. Oh, when I was growing up, there was a a TV show. This will really date me if anybody knows this show. There used to be a show called The Naked City. Anybody remember the show, The Naked City? Was it? There was like a, uh, it starts out a bird's eye view looking down in New York, 
And you ever, if you've ever been on the top of the Empire State Building or some skyscraper and you look down and you see everybody looks like ants, right? And you look down and then it zooms in little by little, you know, lower and lower until there it is, Jonathan tonight. And that's the story. You go into this one person's reality, and the, the line was, there are eight million stories in the naked city. This is one of them. You know, it's like, oh, wow. And for 30 minutes, I think it was a 30-minute show, you were out of your reality and into this other person's. Well, it's kind of a, a fun game to play. I play that with uh, when I'm on retreats and seeing seeing people for interviews 15 minutes at a time. Ah, it's this show. Wow. Okay. And it's fun when you do it like that, you know, and for whether it's compassion that comes out or loving kindness or joy or equanimity or whatever, you're just having a, a sense of connection and just even a few moments of connection make all the difference in the world. So what I actually thought I'd do, I wanted to do a little exercise with you that I sometimes do um, in the um, Awakening Joy um, courses and uh, some when I do workshops about seeing somebody through beyond their their um, appearance, okay. Just as a a sense of what it's like to feel to to look more deeply at someone. Okay, and this is going to be a little bit of a, you don't have to say anything. It's going to be, it's done in pairs. No speaking. So don't worry about doing it right or wrong. Okay. And if you don't want to do it, absolutely fine. You don't have to. I invite you to take a risk. Uh, but just to see what it's like to get a sense of stepping outside your own story, whether there's grieving or whether there's joy or whatever, and tuning into someone else, we just get a sense of community. What I had started to want to do was look at our community, and maybe I'll do that the, the next time. But for now, I just want to do um, one uh, one-on-one, and we'll... Uh, we'll come back and explore and just see what it's like to connect and get out of your story and into someone else's uh, reality, okay? So, if you're game, uh, find somebody uh, near you to do this exercise with, okay? And if you need a, need a partner, uh, raise your hand. Okay. You need to be on the same level, and uh, it, it's, it's best if it's done in pairs, so... We'll see if there's not an even number of people. And uh, who needs who needs a partner? And if you don't want to do it, don't feel you're obligated to. Okay. 
So who, Ricardo, do you have a partner? And who else? Ricardo, anyone who doesn't have a partner? Everyone have a partner? Okay, Ricardo, you're going to be my partner. Partner. I love you. With me. Yeah, you can do it with me. Although I'm going to be talking with you at the same, talking at the same time. You know what? Why don't you um, pull up the chair? So we're on the same level. Hopefully this will be related to moving through our own personal pain or grieving reality to get a sense of connecting with another. Okay. So, first close your eyes and just uh, let's see. Oh, do you Linda, do you do you have your passing? Okay. And um, just get in touch with what's going on inside for you right now. Let your reality be however it is. And then when you're ready, you can open your eyes and look at this person in front of you. And we're going to be going through the, the Brahma Viharas if you're familiar with that teaching in silence. So first look at this person and see if you know them or if you don't. Just imagine, if you don't, all the qualities, the good qualities this person has to share with the world. Their caring, their love, their playfulness, their joy, and just wish them well, knowing that the more well-being they have, the more those qualities can shine through. May you be happy and let all of your goodness shine through. I'll be quiet, just sending those kinds of thoughts for a few moments. And then you can close your eyes for a moment. Notice how it feels to just wish them well. May you be truly happy. This is the divine abode of kindness wishing well. Notice how it feels in your body and in your mind and in your heart. May you truly be happy. And now take a nice breath. 
when you're ready, you can open your eyes and look at this person through a, a different lens. This person has known sorrow and disappointment and loss and suffering. And as you get in touch with that, let your heart open with care. May you hold your suffering with compassion. I care about your suffering right now. May you be free from suffering. And then you can close your eyes if you like. And just get in touch with what that feels like, the divine abode of Compassion. Notice what it feels like in your heart, in your mind, in your body. Now, take another breath. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. And now we'll look through a different lens. This person in front of you has known real joy and happiness, has laughed many times, has delighted in many things, has known success, has known real happiness. And as you just tune into that, just wish that to continue. Oh, may you, your happiness, whatever happiness in your life, may it continue and keep growing. May your happiness continue, may it grow. And just wish that for them. May your happiness continue, may your happiness grow. Okay, and when you'd like, you can close your eyes. And notice how that feels. The divine abode of sympathetic joy. Joy in the happiness of another. 
Notice how it feels in your body and in your mind, in your heart. Take a nice breath. And one last lens we'll look through. This person has known many ups and downs, successes, difficulties, and they're on their own journey. Just seeing them knowing they're going through the journey they need to in this life and wish them well from a balanced place. May you have balance as you go through your journey and know that I honor your journey wherever it takes you. I don't need to rescue you or save you. I care about you, and you have your own journey to go on. May you go through your journey with balance. Now you can close your eyes. The divine abode of equanimity. Just allowing for things to be as they are. Notice how that feels. Just noticing to allow somebody to go through what they need to go through, care about them without fixing them. Just reflecting on all the different ways that we can connect and see others around us with kindness and love, with compassion, with delight and joy, with balance and equanimity. So many ways we can touch each other. Okay, and now why don't you just take a few moments to check in with each other and see what that was like. Okay. Mm. So I... What's that? Okay, I think it, we, it's, it's time to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish um, 
we had more time and uh, could could check in, uh, but it, it is time to go, and I don't want to keep you past. Um, was that okay? <laughs> Are we still friends? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a stretch in, in in this is Berkeley so you know whatever goes you know I've done this in Australia and sometimes it's like you know oh my God do I really connecting with this other human being um, I love Australians but so there's a, um, a different cultures have different ways and I also want to respect it it is a kind of leap even if you have no words to just really to let the barriers down and and let yourself be seen and and really tune in but by and large when people are willing to do this it's amazing how easy easily you can fall in love with somebody even if you don't know them, oh, here's another human being here. And I hope you got a sense of just opening that channel for a little, how nourishing it is, how even though intimacy is is a thing that we, there's this ambivalence, I really want connection and it's scary at the same time. It could be both even with people that you're very close to, as probably most everyone knows. But when there's a, that sense of goodwill and, oh, I care. Oh, and here's another human being. Oh, so nice to know you. Just imagine having that capacity or being interested enough to see everyone as that potential now, don't want to be having our, you know, head in the clouds, you know. And along with that connection, it's really also important to have very healthy boundaries just to be on the other side of things. But not to play it so safe that you don't let your heart open. And just to see that we all have this capacity um and that the more we let ourselves connect with others, the less isolated and disconnected we feel. And that's one of the most healing ways to um, to go through our grieving, just feeling connection. And if not with a human being, then with nature, as we all know. And at least you can feel connected with all of life. So maybe we'll continue this in a couple of weeks as far as connecting and, and creating community. Um, but for now, I'm, um, it's time to go. So just a, a very brief closing loving kindness and including um, Noah, who's been struggling with depression. And for my daughter-in-law, who's about to give birth any day now, maybe she, may she be safe, may she feel loved. And to you for coming here and being with us. May I feel all the goodness inside and share my love well. 
and allow the grieving and the pain to be held with wisdom and compassion, to be there for others and help them hold their pain and their joy. And may our coming here together be a benefit to all beings and this planet as well. May all know happiness and peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.